This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas Eve. I really love this time of year. I said uh, to some people this morning, this is maybe my favorite service of the whole year. Um, And I always try to get out of doing anything because I just like to be here singing all the hymns so and all the carols. And so you can be assured I'm not going to be long today. Also, because I know you got little ones here. It's, but I will say, if you came with small people, you came to the right service because you know by the evening time, it's wild. And, and, I, and you know, the thing is, I'm up here because my kids are big now. They don't really cry during the service. But I, if your kids are crying and going wild, just know I'm laughing in my heart. Not at you. <laughs> just I understand. I understand that feeling of sweating in a service. So, you know, kids yell, it's fine. I deserve it. I screamed. All my kids screamed through every Christmas Eve service. Um, you know, I do love this time of year, though. It's my favorite time of year. And um, because you get all your family together, and it's this very compressed time of laughter. And... But truthfully, not every Christmas... Um, has been amazing for me, as I'm sure all of you can relate to. I remember when my family was dealing with extreme loss, uh, how difficult the Christmases after that were. And some of you are maybe dealing with that in your own life. Um, and when you're dealing with loss or pain of any kind, it's like Christmas exaggerates all of that. It magnifies the pain. It magnifies the feeling of people who are no longer there. Maybe you've been through a really tough divorce this year and Christmas sort of magnifies that. Had somebody die. When you go through these days, all that time sort of just gets really exaggerated. And Christmas, I mean, even if you haven't gone through any mega pain, Christmas is complicated for a lot of us. Um, it, it sort of exaggerates, it highlights all the good and exaggerates all the bad, yes? Some of you know, you're hold, you've been holding your breath since, since Thursday, worried about how that Christmas dinner is going to go. I got a good plan for you. Just like maybe, this is where stuffing your face is a good idea. If you feel like saying something about the upcoming American election, if you feel like saying something about the upcoming Canadian election, just stuff your face with potatoes, it will... You know what? If you just came for that top tip today, you've worth it. You know, Christmas, though, is not the best time of the year because of what is happening. Uh, Because for a lot of us, what is happening is is this. Uh, we We have problems that we cannot solve. We have people we cannot control. Think of that person now that you can't control. And there's expectations that we cannot meet. Some of you have teenagers that think they're getting a new computer for Christmas. Yep, I'm laughing right along with you. Can we have the slides, please? We have problems we can't solve, people we can't control, and expectations we cannot meet. And sometimes we are the problem that is happening, yes? Because we are the problem that we cannot solve. 
You know, you just keep doing the same things. Like you said this year, you were not going to run up that visa bill, but now you're afraid to look at your visa statement. Uh, some of you are, are the people that you cannot control. You cannot control your mouth because when somebody says something that you don't like, you can't control yourself. Like a volcano ready to explode. And, and some of us have expectations of the Christmas season that we'll just never be able to meet. And so it creates this difficult time. But Christmas is not the best time of year because, what is ha- because of what is happening. But it is the best time of year because of what has happened. And um, Christmas is the time of year where we celebrate the season that God sent his son to earth to live amongst us and then die for us. What's wild about the incarnation, Jesus coming, is that it can become this like, yeah, 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 whatever, God came to earth. Every year at Christmas, I pray that my mind would be blown about the truth of the incarnation, that God himself, God in, made himself flesh, made himself like a rickety old person like I am, where I get out of bed now and I think, which one of my joints is out of joint? Can I just speak to all the people over 40 for a minute? When, when did it happen that when we got out of bed, you did the shuffle? Do you remember when that happened? I just now hear it. I hear Dave and I shuffling around. Okay. God himself thought, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become rickety like a person. Now, he is perfect, so don't send me letters about this. But he became a person. Person in flesh. It's wild. And this makes a practical, this should make a practical difference in our life. This is not just about some ethereal truth, but this actually has relevance to our life day to day. Things in your circumstances might be getting darker, things might be tough, but we can celebrate Jesus because of what the birth of, uh, we can celebrate Christmas because of what the birth of Jesus means. Um, Today I want to read a scripture from the book of John. Now, if this is your first time in church or your first time in a long time, There's four books of the Bible that outline the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And Matthew and Luke uh, do a really good job. Chad did a great job of recounting the story and the birth of Jesus. But John's gospel is a little bit different. Um, Most historians think John is the oldest gospel uh, of all four. And what we know from history is that John wrote the book of John as an old man. And as an older man, he had seen a lot of life. He had seen all kinds of things. Uh, John is the guy who reduced uh, God to one word. He said, let me see what I could call God. And he said, God is. is. This is John's writing. And what's amazing about this, that John reduced God to one word, the word love, is that by the time he was writing, John had seen a lot of life, a lot of difficult life. He's a very old man, and he had experienced loss like none of us could have imagined. John had seen his friends and his family all killed. In some ways, he had seen his entire society killed. He would have been alive when Nero sent General Vespasian to um, different towns in, in the Jewish in in Israel to slaughter thousands of Jewish people and send them into slave trade. 
Uh, we don't know if he was in Jerusalem, but in AD 70, before John had written this book, Jerusalem was laid siege, and thousands of people starved to death. Millions of people were killed. Hundreds of thousands of people were sent into the slave trade. And John writes this book, knowing all of this. This is wild when you think about it. Most of us, when we go through a difficult time, what we do is we push everything away and we just say, whatever, God, this religion stuff is not for me. But John had experienced the person of Jesus. I want you to look, look what he said at the end of his gospel, John chapter 20. He said, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is amazing because John had already seen the darkness. Every one of his friends, we, we know from history that every one of the disciples was martyred for the gospel. But John stood in awe. He understood that true life only came from Jesus. Jesus was the source of this kind of life. So John, he doesn't begin his book in, in the book of John with the birth narrative. And this is wild because uh, John, we know from scripture that John actually, when he uh, was at, when Jesus was dying on the cross, Jesus said, John, my mother, he, you're going to be her son now. And mom, John's your son now. So John spent all kinds of time with Mary and ostensibly, we could figure out that John would have heard about the birth. You know, something wild happens to you. How many times do you tell the story over and over again? I'm like at five million. My poor children, they've heard all the stories 400 times. Uh, this, Mary was a regular person. You know she was every Christmas. They didn't celebrate Christmas then, but she would have been telling that story over and over and over again, how she gave birth to Jesus and he was the son of God and... So it's wild that John doesn't start with the birth narrative like Matthew or the book of Luke. But in fact, John gives us, he begins with the significance of the birth. I want you to catch this today. He sat down to write his gospel. Uh, and when life was seeming so dark, when John would have written this gospel, the world would have seemed dark. If all your friends have been killed, if all your family has been killed, the people that you know and love, have, the city, the holy city of Jerusalem has been decimated. The temple has been destroyed. What kind of a place are you writing from? John sits down to write, and I want us to focus on John 1, verse 4 and 5, talking about Jesus, and he says, In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. This is a powerful claim here because before Jesus, when Jesus first rose from the dead, all the disciples were like, ah, great, you're going to make Israel a great place again. By the time John goes to write this book, he understands that the life and light of Jesus is for everyone. That Jesus wasn't just coming for the people that had it all together. This light was the light was the light for all mankind. John realized that um, the birth of Jesus mattered to all of us. 
And then in verse 5, he says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. In spite of all of the death, in spite of all of the pain, in spite of everything, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. This is a man. I want you to picture John for a minute. He's seen all kinds of darkness. With a grin on his face, he's writing, the light shines in the darkness. Darkness cannot overcome it. I don't know what kind of darkness he brought today where it feels like everything is dark. What I want you to hear are the words of the Apostle John today saying, the light shines in the darkness. Darkness cannot Whatever you're faced with today, this is the story of Christmas, that Jesus came as a baby, as the light of the world, to bring light to the world. But we say this, you know when you say like, oh, Jesus is the light of the world? You don't, I, I, I want you to think about the world being your world, the things that encircle you, the financial pressure that you're under, the relational pressure that you're under, the things that keep you up at night. The light shines in the darkness. Darkness has not overcome it. This is the word of the Lord to us today. This is God's truth to us today. And some of us have been wandering in the darkness for so long. Some of us are wandering in the dark for so long we don't even know we're in the dark anymore. Today I want to pray that God would break his light, would allow his light to break in on us. And how we get there is by just saying yes to Jesus, to saying yes to him in the middle of our lives. Jesus, I trust that you are the light that's going to break in on me. And I know that in every, um, every single part of my life, this has been true. This has been true when it doesn't make sense. When I faced insurmountable loss, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. But Christmas, when we are overcome by the fact, some of you are overcome by the fact that there are problems that you cannot solve, there are people you cannot fix, and there are expectations you can never meet, we are reminded of, in the middle of all of that that there is always, there's always a reason to believe. There's always a reason to wake up every day and take the next step when we allow him. Jesus comes into the midst of our darkness. The light of his presence pierces through that darkness. It's dark. Can I pray for you today? Bow our heads, Jesus. I'm thankful today that you take our brokenness. In our brokenness, God, you bring your light. You bring your hope. Lord, today I pray for those of us that are continuing to walk in darkness. Today, would you give us the courage to say yes to you, to give you all of the places of our hearts that are dark, that haven't been touched by the light or the love of your presence. Say yes to you. We ask that your light would come to those very dark corners of our hearts. 
Would you give us the courage to say yes to you today? Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.